Today we get to continue our sermon series we're calling Then, Now, and Next. We're talking about the church, which is God's plan A for how he's going to work in the world uh, here in our time and until the Lord's return. Now today, we're going to add, I want to just take you back a little bit in case you're just joining in. We're asking a sequence of simple questions. What is the church? Okay, we want to know what, what is it? Uh, why does it matter, and where do I fit in? Today we're going to emphasize that third one, where do I fit in, okay? Now, today we're going to think about it in terms of this. It's an, an, an illustration that the Apostle Paul uses, that we are the body of Christ. So I want you to think about maybe a talent that you see in somebody, something that they do really well. Somebody may be a magnificent musician, or they might be really good with money, or they might be uh, a terrific athlete or something like that, right? We can recognize in others the gifting that they have. And we can also recognize when people take those gifts, whatever it is, influence or, or, or money or uh, an ability to be very eloquent, things like that, and they take it and they can use it either for their own advantage or they can use it for the common good, for the sake of others. We're going to talk today about what spiritual gifts are, because God, we're going to learn, has given all of us, everybody watching this, anybody who ever will watch it, and people who aren't watching it, He has given us gifts. By the power of His Holy Spirit, He has given, as He chooses, spiritual gifts to each of us. Now, spiritual gifts are given so that we can further what it is that God's trying to do in this world through the church. So you might notice this plot line play out in one of two ways. You might have somebody who's a, uh, watch somebody in the world who's a great computer hacker or something like that, and they use their skills to, to kind of collapse world markets or steal identities instead of fighting hackers or using it to help track down criminals or things that they could do that are, that are more constructive. Or somebody who's given an immense amount of wealth might use it to buy things that are actually harmful to people or fund causes that are harmful to people instead of being generous with it, helping those in need, or investing in things that really do make some sort of eternal impact. Uh, you might see even a Christian who then takes their spiritual giftings of God, and they use them for their own purposes. They use them for their own entertainment, for their own self-aggrandizement, rather than for the cause that God gave it to them for. And it's that disregarding of the purpose of why we are given these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, Paul says, Regarding spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. Okay, so that, that tells you a lot right there. He says, I don't want you to not know what these are about or how to use them. He doesn't want them to be ignorant. And then he goes on and he'll say to us, Look, you have a choice. I have a choice. We all have a choice about what we're going to do with the gifts that God gave us. And we can use it for its proper purposes. We can use those gifts to glorify God or we can use them to try to puff ourselves up. Or, uh, even more interesting, we can use them in a way that, that really demeans them. We can envy the gifts that others have. We can try to imitate you know, somebody else in what it is that we're doing. And so he has a lot to teach us today about how we fit into the body of Christ. And we're gonna read a sequence of scriptures today. And we're gonna start here in 1 Corinthians 12, verses four to seven. So this is him talking to the church at Corinth. Now pay attention to where I highlight these underlined pieces, okay? This part's really important. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Notice how often he uses same here. But the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So we see a couple of things there. Okay, first, 
All of them come from the same source. It's the same God who gives all of those gifts to everyone. And then we also see that there's something for the common good. So there, God doesn't give them to us for us to just kind of play around with them or for us to just use for our own enjoyment, that we use those things for his purposes, for the common good, that he gives them to us to be able to bless others. This is super, super important. Now again, in, in chapter 12, verse 7, uh, the scripture says that to each has been given, meaning everybody's got them. The Holy Spirit chooses what we get and he gives them to everyone. Now that doesn't mean that everybody has the same gifts or that we even get them in the same measure. But none of us needs to sit around wondering if we're, uh, you know, some sort of misfit toy, somebody who's there and, and lacks any gifting from the Holy Spirit. It says, now, if you're in the body of Christ, if you're following Jesus, you're part of the church, then the Holy Spirit has gifted you just as he chose. Now, it's there for the common good. So God has gifted us for the benefit of others, and the satisfaction of using our gifts comes from serving others and glorifying God, not from being able to pat ourselves on the back, not from doing things that are going to just be entertaining to us or make us look better or increase the number of followers we have on Facebook or Twitter or one of those things. That's not what they're for. They are there to do two things, magnify God and to bless people. That's why they're given to us, and they're given to each of us in the measure and in the type that the Holy Spirit chooses, which is really a powerful, significant thing to think that you are given something individually by the Spirit that God wants you to use. He thinks it's important enough to give to you to use for His purposes. Now, while we're all given gifts by the Spirit that we can enjoy, their purpose, again, is not to build us up. It's to build up the body. So this seems to be a problem at Corinth because he's going to keep talking, and we're going to read in just a, a couple minutes here, uh, further about what you think the problems are. But one of the, the issues that seems to be coming up is uh, people just using them as they see fit because they want to use it right now, and they don't care if anything else is going on. They don't care who's there. And so it's a malpractice of the gift, not being considerate of everybody else around them. Another is what you might call gift envy. Gift envy is when uh, I want what you have. What the Holy Spirit gave you is what I want to do, and so I disregard what the Holy Spirit gave me. I don't fan it into flame. I don't invest in it. I don't use it for others. I'm just going to go ahead and, and do whatever I want to do, and I'm going to chase your gifting instead of being uh, content and satisfied with what God has called me to do and continuing to use that for the common good in ways that magnify and glorify God. You might call it gift envy, and I think sometimes people sit around and they, they feel like a kid who maybe they're sitting there and their parents have passed away and the will's being read, and they really want the timeshare, but they feel like they got the elk's head that went over the fireplace, and they get mad about that because they think, oh, you know, I really wanted that, I got this. But what, that's why Paul, what Paul says is so important. God chose, God chose what you were given, himself. And so for us to disregard it, for us to say, no, I'm not happy with that or whatever, is really to question the judgment of God. And so part of following God is in, in life in general, and certainly within uh, the church, is to submit ourselves to his will and his plan for how he's using us in the world and how he said, you know, Tim or, or whatever your name is out there, okay, that, that uh, my spirit is gifting you for this, that I've got something unique for you. I've got something special that I'm giving you and I'm calling you to jump in and to join in what I'm doing here in this world, in the church, which is his plan A for how he's going to work in this world. Now, 
By the time we get to chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, we'll, we'll see that they're having a hard time. Everybody's talking over each other. There's mass confusion and hysteria uh, everywhere. It doesn't sound like a, a worship service, what they're doing. It sounds like a, oh, I don't know, a, a loud shopping mall at Christmas time. There's just chaos everywhere going around. And um, one of the ways that you can tell that somebody has gift envy or that they're not seeing their gifts in the right way is that they don't care who else is around. Uh, I've, got, I've got this, I think I have this, and you're going to let me use it uh, right now without regard for what's going on and how the church is functioning and, and, and being respectful of how God's gifted others. So this continues, all right, there at Corinth. It becomes a big problem. That's actually the immediate context of what we know as the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, which uh, is read of weddings all over the place. It really has a lot to do with Christians and how they're interacting with one another. And in context, it's not fundamentally about romantic love. It's about love for one another. And so when he opens with, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, see, that, that's, that he's, there's a context for that. And he's saying that your love for one another pulls out the best of you, that it, it bears all things, it endures all things, and it doesn't matter how gifted you are. If you're not using those gifts in a way that is loving, both in the way that you practice them and also for the aim that they have to further the cause of a loving God in this world, calling people to love him as he has loved them. So let's just go ahead and say God has gifted you on purpose, if you will, for a purpose. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. Remember, he says, this, all these are empowered by one and the same, there's the word same again, the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, that's going to be said again in chapter 12, verse 18. All right, so again, you know, don't feel like you're getting the elk's head over the fireplace when you really wanted the timeshare. That's not, that's not what's happening. What he's saying is, no, you got exactly what God wanted you to get in the measure that, that God wanted you to get it. So now, instead of looking around and having envy about, oh, why can't I do this instead of that, my job through this kind of intersection of discernment and conversation with other people uh, prayer is to discern what that gift is and then for me to charge headlong into employing it in the life of the church in the cause for which Christ died the redemption of all people that's what's going on here through the church so I lean into it I charge into it and I try to do everything I can to develop it and I, I, I just set it free in the life of God's people so we have to understand this key point when we think about how God may have gifted us, that we have to remember that it's His will, right? And those gifts belong to Him. So the Holy Spirit gives to each just as He chose. Now, sometimes God develops a person's gifting over time. He doesn't give it to them in full measure because their heart isn't ready yet. So you can see this a lot in younger people or, or young people in the faith, so to speak. Uh, that initially you can see that little spark in them, but it doesn't, doesn't develop right away because maybe they couldn't handle it or whatever. But as they grow, the Holy Spirit just continues to grow that gift in them. And the next thing you know, man, they are just a force to be reckoned with in the kingdom of God. So even at this moment, you might be going, yeah, but I don't feel like I'm not this or I'm not enough of that or, or whatever. Listen to what Paul's saying in 1 Corinthians 12. God has gifted you. He has gifted you just as he chose. And as you do that, he's done it for a purpose, which is to, to help uh, move his cause forward here in this world, to glorify God among his people. 
And, and so as we do this, be aware of what they are and be patient as the Holy Spirit cultivates that in you. So let's review real quick, okay? Spiritual gifts are gifts of grace given to all Christians by God's Spirit for the common good according to His wisdom. Now, people at Corinth aren't getting it very well, so he goes on to explain. And so he uses the analogy of a body, okay? We have all should understand that. We've all got bodies, right? So here's what he said. This is 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 20. He says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, okay, get that, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that, that wouldn't make it less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. There it is again, right? As he chose. If we all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So we are a body. We are not a body part, okay? Meaning the church. We are a body. And so we contribute, and we know that we are essential. We are a part of it. So it may feel like, you know, when we, we may feel like the most insignificant part of the body says, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, there are very few things in your body that you could do without, that your life would be the same if it were missing. And he says, listen, you don't want to be this collection of eyeballs. That doesn't make a body or a collection of ears or toes. Uh, it might look strange, actually, and you wouldn't be able to hear if you were all eyeballs. So God's made some ears, some eyes, some fingers, some toes, so to speak, okay? And then he put them together just as he chose, and God knows how to create bodies. And so the church is an example of that. And so wherever you are, you don't look at others and put them down, okay? Nor do you put yourself down, saying, oh, what God gave me isn't very important or whatever. No, no, no. What Paul's trying to help them understand is no, no. It is important because God himself took it and put it in you. He put it in you so that you could use it for his purposes in the world. It's sad to me that, that many Christians never cultivate or maximize their spiritual gifts because they're often busy pursuing somebody else's. And we have to fully embrace how God has gifted us before we can function well inside the body. So we want to avoid gift envy because it doesn't help. That's, what, that's an eye wanting to be an ear. And so that stops seeing so it can try to hear. Uh, that makes no sense. And it doesn't please God what's going on in here. It's driving that potential um, kind of disformity within the body, if you will. So we need to embrace how God has gifted us before we can function well inside the body. Well, how do I know what, what they are? How do I know what my gifts are? Well, again, there's a process, and it needs to be done carefully. It doesn't have to take forever. I think most people can kind of intuitively sense it, okay? Uh, there's a process of spiritual discernment through prayer, through discovery, meaning sometimes you try it out. Hey, that feels right. That feels like I feel the pleasure of God as I'm doing this. Sometimes it's discussing it with other members of the body. Sometimes it's passion. And I do think the confirmation of the other parts of the body uh, can make great sense. Now, 
uh, let me use a, an illustration briefly with you. Sometimes uh, what we end up doing, I, I remember taking a hiking trip with some friends of mine to Mount Whitney and we were staying overnight up there on the mountain and get very cold and it's a, it's a difficult hike from where we were starting and uh, it was the last weekend of the year uh, that you were allowed to hike up there because of ice and stuff like that. So it was very, very cold. And so in addition to us carrying water, each of us was called to carry certain types of items. There was, you know, hey, you've got, you know, the food for the night is going in your pack. Hey, uh, we're going to put this material in your thing. You're going to get these kinds of, um, of supplies. And everybody was kind of given uh, some communal supplies. Everybody didn't carry their own thing. But I was given, for instance, some supplies that I needed to carry on behalf of the group in addition to my own. All right. So as we went, I mean, imagine that you're up there in the middle of nowhere. And they look to you and they go, hey, it's time to eat. We're all starving. Let's get the food out. And you said to yourself or to them, you go, you know, look, I know I'm supposed to carry the food, but frankly, uh, I rather carry more water. So I actually left the food behind and I brought more water. No problem, right? Or imagine you were supposed to carry more water and you get up there on the mountain and everybody goes and they're thirsty and you were supposed to carry the extra water but instead of doing that, you brought food, but everybody's thirsty. So now the food's more or less useless at that point. In fact, eating it could really do harm to you, right? That little way of looking at spiritual gifts is important. What it means is I understand that what I'm doing is that when I'm part of the body of Christ, that I have a specific and unique calling that I wanna lean into, that it matters. Even if to me, I'd rather carry the whatever at, at the beginning, right? Even if I'd rather carry the food, so to speak, or carry extra water, or I'd rather carry uh, you know, extra, extra spikes or extra things on that trip, that when we don't do it, then there's something missing that's of real importance. So some of you out there, I know you've got this deep burning heart for justice, or you've got this soft heart for compassion. And when you, you see people who are, who are excluded or have suffered really difficult things in their life, your heart just goes out to them and you feel compelled to move. Some of you are, are great musicians and you're, you have a deep heart for worship, or, or maybe it's to share the gospel with people who haven't heard the good news of Jesus yet. Some of you are great with hospitality and you love to open up your home and welcome people in. Some of you have a heart for the new guy or the new gal. When you see them, you just, you hate seeing somebody come in uh, to, to, to your, the life of the church or that you encounter in life in some square and, and they feel excluded. God's put that in you. So rather than try to ignore it or demean it, say it doesn't matter, or to say, well, you know what? I know, I know that about myself, but I'd rather do that. So I'm gonna stop doing this and pursue that. Embrace it as something that's divinely chosen, that, that the Holy Spirit gave to you just as he chose. Uh, it took me a while uh, to, to actually get this myself. There was a time when I wasn't very comfortable with preaching. I didn't feel like I was very good at it. I didn't, and that may still be true, who knows. But I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't comfortable with it. And I, so I kept trying to do other things until I had people come to me and say, hey, listen, we recognize that, that you like doing these other things, but we think you ought to pay more attention to this. And if you do, uh, we recognize something in you. And, and so I did, and it changed the entire trajectory of my spiritual life and even my vocation. And it could be that, that God's got something like that for you. And so be listening, listen to the other parts of the body and, and how they're pointing out things in you that they see. Uh, some of the, the greatest encounters I've had with people in our church is just sitting down and, and kind of I see in you conversations. 
I see in you a warm heart for the lost or people that you want to, you always want to invite people over to your house. That's a gift of hospitality. I see it in you. And so develop it, have a passion for it, lean into it and use it for the glory of God. We are not superheroes, okay? That's another thing. We can think that, you know, we were these sort of world changers. Everybody's going to have that, that capacity and stuff. There's really, it's not superhero syndrome or complex. There's really one superhero. His name's Jesus. And anything that we do, we can only do because he empowers us to do it. So you have to keep that in perspective as well. Every member of the body is important, whether we recognize it or not. So I want to go further here. Now, so listen to what he says when, when, he, when the body parts start arguing with each other. This is 1 Corinthians 12, 21 to 27. He says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body, get this, that seem to be weaker are indispensable. They're indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body. So remember who composed the body. God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same, the same care, the same care, the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. All parts of the body matter. Our gifts are not more noble than others. You know, some, some people think, oh, you know what? Everybody ought to have the same gift I do, and they don't understand why other people don't have the same gifting that they do or the same passions that they do. It all matters. There's some things that all Christians ought to have, okay? A heart for people, a heart for God, things like that. But when it comes down to the actual gifting that's given to us by the Holy Spirit, um, there are people who prefer to fly under the radar. They, they love to serve. Uh, they, they love to avoid detection in some way. And it's not until they miss a Sunday or two sometimes that the church realizes, oh man, uh, we're missing them. We miss them. Uh, there are those who pray without ceasing, for instance, and, and aren't necessarily seen in the public eye. There are people who lead groups uh, of people and are involved in their lives in glorifying God and how they pastor his people. Uh, there are people who visit shut-ins, visit the sick, uh, change diapers in the nursery, make coffee, do things that that they know God would want them to do just through acts of service that seem very, very humble on the surface. But what Paul just said there is that that's all coming from the same spirit and some of those little quieter parts that maybe you don't recognize right away, God has deemed as having even greater honor. So even that stuff that goes unseen, God sees it. And the body is to look around and say, oh, it's, you never look at another Christian and say, I have no need of you or, or what it is that God has put in you because they might be like those modest parts that Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians 12. So we have this, in our church, we have three core values, worship, mission, and community. Here's our community value. It says, we will love one another with the love of Christ and use the gifts God's Spirit provides to build up His church. Okay, I want to say that again. We will love one another with the love of Christ and use the gifts God's Spirit provides to build up His church. I asked some friends uh, this week about 
What was the most useless gift you've ever gotten? What's the worst gift you've ever been given? I've got a few of them here. So I'm gonna start with this young lady, her name's Emily actually. Uh, she says, when we were dating, my husband gave me a three foot billboard of his barbershop choir's trip to Russia. <laughs> the sign consisted of a photo of a bunch of old dudes with Russian text and he wasn't even in the picture. And she says, that was for my birthday. Uh, this one I love. Now you can see this good brother, God love him. And he says, hair club for men. <laughs> so uh, those of you bald men out there, unite. I love this one. Uh, this is uh, the gentleman here on the left, the dad of the family. He says, my, my grandmother was in her later years and was confused much of the time. One Christmas, she wrapped up one of her bras and gave it to me. <laughs> I was 10 or so, and probably a very traumatized young man at the time, okay? Um, so, so if you've ever wished uh, for something and received something that was a dud, uh, you might know how they feel. But however God's gifted you, it isn't like that. It's not useless. It's not bad. It's something that's filled with wonder. It's something that God put in you uniquely. And not to use it, not to use it is actually a sin. Just as the Spirit chose. It's huge. It lets me know that God loves me enough to gift me that he has in fact gifted me and the fact that he did it means in his eyes it's perfect. That doesn't mean my use of it will be perfect, but it means in his mind, shaped in the mind of God, breathed into me by the power of the Spirit of God, that whatever he's put in me is exactly as he chose. And so then the question becomes, what am I doing with what he's given me? What is he, what am I doing with it? So are you using what God gave you to use? Uh, when I graduated, I got my doctoral degree, and, and the whole family was trying to celebrate, and they took up a big, they pulled their money together, and they got me a gift card to golf Pebble Beach, which if you play golf, you know that's a big deal. It's not the kind of thing that somebody uh, just, you know, unless you're extremely wealthy, you don't go there and, and just say, oh, I'm just going to go have a weekend at Pebble Beach. It's very hard to get a tea time, even if you're willing to pay the jillions of dollars. But they got me a gift card, which basically allows me to... Uh, to golf there or stay there or, or both and I was elated when I got it that was in 2010 this is 2020 I don't even know where it is never used it in fact inside right now I feel a depression of my heart because I was given this amazing gift and I did nothing with it I did nothing with it there, there are people who would have easily mugged me or taken me out or stolen from me if they could have got their hands on it and I didn't even use it. It's not because I wasn't grateful. You know why I didn't use it? I was too busy. I was too busy. Then you find yourself, well, you got to make the time to do that. I, I got it. I got it. But that's kind of what Paul's saying in 1 Corinthians 12. You got something far more valuable than that. You, what God has given you is, is priceless. It's unique. Don't be too busy to use it. Don't forget where it even came from or where it, where it, where it is right now because it's still here. If the Holy Spirit is, is in you, it's in there. So what are you going to do with what God gave you?
39% of shoppers are going to purchase a department store gift card for friends and family at Christmas time. All right? And out of that, uh, very few of them are going to use it. Those cards are misplaced, they're accidentally thrown out, a whole bunch of different things, or they're partially redeemed. Between 2005 and 2011, $41 billion in gift cards went unused. Hmm. What are you doing with what you've been given? Simple question that God poses to us through this text, but it's deep and it's profound. Our church is on the cusp of some amazing things, and God has brought you into this sphere of influence, into, into this calling, into this charge that we're leading for the kingdom of God here and around the world. What are you going to do with what he's given you? How are you going to play a part? My hope is that you're going to take the time, take the contact card that's dropping in now. First of all, re-up. If you've already, if you're a long timer here at NBC, re-up this time. Re-up. If you're new to NBC and you've been on the fence about whether you want to engage or not, take that contact card. You see the link going up here, or you can go to newvintagesd.org and find it as well and say, I'm in. Or even just say, I need some help discovering this. What, what is it that God wants me to do? I need some help discovering that. We would love to partner with you to help make that a reality because every part of the body matters. Every part of the body matters. And we, as a church, are one body. And we are going to pledge today to honor and respect and love one another, not to seek our own way, but to encourage one another to not be asleep in how God has gifted us, to not waste this great treasure that he's given to us, but instead to embrace it and to charge headlong into the adventure that God's got waiting for us. Right now we're gonna gather around the table of the Lord. And as we do, we're gonna take this together as one body. We're, we're, as you're watching this, there are people all over the globe, literally, doing this right now. And if they're not part of our church, they're Christians and other parts of the U.S. and every continent you can think of who do this today. And we do it. This act of taking communion is something that we do together. We do it as a body. And we remember Jesus, his body, his physical body that was crucified for us with bread and cup, with body and blood. And then we remember this body that we have become, the second body of Christ, this, this second incarnation of Jesus here in the world. And we say to him, I'm in. I'm a part of this body, and I want to help this body function well and be strong and vibrant. And I accept the calling that you've given to me. So that's what we're going to do right now as we take the Lord's Supper. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, right now, wherever we are, we say yes to you, as you said yes to us. And so, Father, for the, the gifts that you've placed in the body of Christ, just the manifold gifts that you have put in your people, we say thank you. We say we're not going to waste them. We say we love being a part of the body of Christ today, and we do this together. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.